0: Happy New Year! Today on Happier Music Teacher, easy ways to enjoy 2024 more. Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhan. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro-actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. So this episode is releasing on January 2nd, and the New Year's energy is high. And if you look at our culture, I think a lot of the energy around resolutions is really punitive and really harsh with ourselves, and it might come in under the guise of something good for us, but a lot of times it's just taking a good hard look at yourself saying you don't measure up, and then making a big list that shames you into doing better until you fall off the wagon. And then when we fall off the wagon, we really fall off the wagon. There are all sorts of ways to skin this cat and different people have different needs. So some of you might have chosen a one word theme, Some of you might be resolutions people, some of you might be completely anti-resolutions people, but this list is just an easy way at home at school to enjoy 2024 more. I think so many of our resolutions are against enjoyment and like I said, punitive and critical and so let's do something a little bit different in 2024 and enjoy it more. As these articles come to my mind, actually the podcast episodes, they tend to be in a list format. And I don't really know why, but I would really like to encourage you that I say in the introduction about um, micro habits, micro actions, I think, Um, small, easy habits and micro actions. This is not select one of everything or you need to do it all or do it all perfectly. These are some ideas just to jog your memory, just to bring some things to mind, hopefully to inspire you and maybe pick one. And do it in perfectly. Definitely not a checklist that you have to do them all immediately, if not sooner. So these are some things that came to mind as I thought about enjoying 2024 more for me at home and in my classroom. You'll be super proud of me this week. I actually grouped them into school and home areas instead of just random and scattershot like I normally do. So number one, and this is under the guise of school. Number one is some version of Fun Friday. Now, I do not mean Fun Friday as far as your school's film festival every Friday that you show in your music room. I'm not sure that's how we really want to be all the time. But Fun Friday as far as in something that's a little bit lighter on you vocally. As we've talked about, I've had some vocal issues lately. A little bit easier on the kids. I've noticed lately, and you probably have too with the pandemic, if the attention span before was short, Now it's even shorter. And the exhaustion level for them by the end of a week of in-person learning is just crazy. They are so done by a Friday. So, like I said, still keep your learning objectives, still keep to learning, but frame it like a fun Friday. And find out something that is still good for them and lighter for you. Um, It can also be something you do in concert with your team. Even if it messes up your rotation a little bit, even if it messes up your very serious curriculum goals a little bit, I think the amount of joy it's going to give you The amount of relief it's going to give you, the amount of goodwill it's going to buy you with your students, even just having the words Fun Friday come across your lips. Now, Fun Friday can be very heavy academically, but it doesn't have to feel like it for the kids. So maybe as you're looking for your semester ahead, think about what your version of Fun Friday might look like for your classroom. As I'm sitting here brainstorming for myself, if you have a class set of iPads or some other one-to-one tech, that might be some time where you get on musicplayonline.com and let them play the games, which they're still learning music concepts just in a more relaxed way. It could be a day where you do folk dances on Friday and everyone gets their wiggles out instead of having to sit on their pockets on a zero, perfectly quiet, while you drone on for 45 minutes. Um, It could be where they are coloring um, some of the new things where it lets you color different music symbols and things while you do some music listening. That has some validity to it. It could be centers if that's a more relaxed way for you to run your classroom. Anyway, brainstorm. Think about what that might look like for you for Fun Friday. Number two in the school area is consider putting some silly songs into your curriculum. Music teachers, myself included, sometimes really just take ourselves a smidge too seriously a lot too seriously, especially depending on what methodology we follow. Um, Silly songs are good for kids. Silly songs are fun for kids. Silly songs will sometimes get reluctant singers singing in a way that no other things would. So think about some silly songs. You can still pull your musical concepts from them. Um, And it's totally okay in my book, in my estimation, to have some songs in there just for the pure joy of the songs. So I realize, man, do I realize, we are trying to fit so much into such a short amount of time and we have so many learning objectives that we're trying to put in and so many performances. Man, I am there. But I will tell you, I want to be a good memory for those students. I want my classroom to be a joyful place. And so let's find some space for the silly songs in your curriculum. Along that same line, uh, puppets. I know we're such a cliche, but puppets are joyful and puppets are fun. And I think if Let's put them in there. Let's have some fun with the puppets Uh, for kindergarten, for singing, for so many of the concepts, for parts, for goodness sake. Sometimes a puppet will do the job like nothing else will. And like I said, it's fun. I've had a puppet in my last few programs. Um, Maybe it's cringy, probably is. I don't know. But if the elementary music teacher isn't going to have puppets, who is? And it's funny to me not funny haha but interesting that these kids that we think are so hard to reach or so hardened or you know so jaded by tech and everything kids are still kids these are the same kids they have been through some rough things the last few years to be sure and society has changed recently to be sure but they are still children And when you pull out a puppet at the right time, in the right way, in a fun way, they will enjoy it a lot. Now, if you are new to a campus and you're going to do it with fifth grade, you know, proceed with caution. Use your best judgment there. But especially with your littles and especially for fun. And at first I thought like, okay, they're going to laugh me out of town. Is this going to be okay? They loved it. And it's more fun for you. And you can say things with a puppet you can never say any other way as far as just when you're going around the room and taking turns. And some of your reluctant singers who would never solo sing any other way with a puppet, oh, they just might. So think about adding that in if you don't. Just a word here, and I'm sure I've said it in other episodes, but... We just have such a unique role, such a fun role, and I, can, I have very fond memories of some super fun things on my campus as a child. I'm concerned that as we get all the rigor and academic rigor on the campuses, that some of that just sheer fun and joy is going away for the students. So in my classroom, I am going to be a haven for joy, and I am going to be a haven for fun things like puppets, and if the elementary music teacher doesn't do it, Who is? Number three, and I have not instituted this on my new campus, but I did it at a former campus and I thought it was magic, is have a singing game for each grade level. A singing game that they know well enough that they can just run it on their own. So on a day that you are feeling like you need a little extra rest, or when they get to request something fun, or you have a guest teacher on your campus, that they can play this singing game. One of the best things about Kodai-inspired teaching, in my estimation, is their singing games. I don't think they ever get old. They're such a magical way to learn. And if you have anything to teach, if you frame it as you have a game, it's just that spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down. So it is very easy to start feeling like we have to get through curriculum, and we have to push, and we get this real serious thing going on in our classes, and that's not the vibe that I want to have. So... There are so many good singing games for each level, lots of fun, totally appropriate. So if you do not have those, think about doing them. Now, vocal health tip, do not have all the singing games introduced in one week. You will be vocally very tired and overwhelmed. So instead, as you space it out over the next few weeks, have a goal that maybe by the end of quarter three, you have a singing game for each level and let the students sing and lead the game. Number four is put a funny meme in your team group chat. Now, caution here. Funny, but not, they can screenshot it and you're in big trouble funny. Appropriate funny is probably a good way to go because, like I said, I'm scared of that. I'm going to be goody two-shoes, crystal squeaky clean in my team group chat because I trust everyone. I love everyone, but it is way too easy to have something bad in there. No, but do be the one to put something to lighten it up or funny Um, because it can really turn, you know, just like a marriage relationship, it can turn into you're just comparing schedules and you're just taking care of business and it's very transactional and very boring and you hear a ding and you don't even want to answer it because you know it's going to be a problem. Can we combine classes? I'm running late, blah, 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 which totally fine, I do the same thing. But if you can and when you can, Be the one to lighten up the team group chat. Just have a few things on hand so when the time is right or things are a little bit quiet, you can put it there and you can be the fun one on your team. Okay, so I literally just paused recording to put a funny one into my group chat for my team. Cherish those people. I know I am so blessed this year. Uh, they are your bread and butter. They're your lifeline. They are your work besties. As much as you can to keep things positive and good with your team, boy, life is so much better. And I am so grateful to have a wonderful team. Moving on to the home part of enjoying 2024 more is one I recommend often because I firmly believe in it is number five, go on dates with your spouse. It's so easy, as I was saying before, for things to get very monotonous and transactional because the stuff of life is so busy. And maybe you both work full time. We do. And everybody comes home and you're tired and you're just trying to get through the day. Well, take time. You, when you were first dating, of course you went out regularly. You didn't have to pencil it in. You wanted to. You were looking forward to it. It was probably all you could think about if you're like me. So intentionally go on dates with your spouse. If that means that you have to do an unconventional date or time, we've talked about this. A date does not have to look like dressing up, going out with reservations, booking a sitter, having a long to do. It could really be something simple as like going out for coffee together, or having breakfast if morning time is easier, or having a half day at lunch, things like that. So think about going on dates with your spouse. Marriage is fun. Number six is, and I say this frequently too, is curate your social media feed. It is way too easy, I've noticed this with mine lately, for it to just be music education. Which don't get me wrong, I love to learn about it. I want to stay current. I learn a lot from those music education b- groups, but all of it? Really? So on pur- and so a lot of mine are motivational and positive, which once again, hey, let's go for it. But I don't want that to be all I'm consuming. So intentionally, on purpose, have a few funny groups or people that you follow in your social media feed. I have a few friends, and they are not close Facebook friends. They're people from my past that honestly I would never keep up with or even know about aside from Facebook, and they post the best stuff. So think about um, curating that. If you don't, um, get in there and find a few people, seek it out, and follow them. Find some things in your social media feed that make you smile instead of infuriate you. Number seven, and this is for in case of emergency only, but have it in case of emergency movie or two for when you are just crazy grumpy. There are a few things, and I hesitate to even tell you the titles because I'm embarrassed. Probably late 90s, early 2000s, something about that just hits me right and makes me laugh. That when you are truly grumpy, you know just a thought of watching that movie cheers you up a bit. And even if it's not as good as you remembered, it'll still make you smile. Or even if you don't have enough time, even just maybe some saved videos in your Facebook feed or other saved clips from these movies on YouTube where you can just reliably go. For my money, like I said, those late 90s, early 2000s people, uh, when they have a musical bit in their movie, it never fails to crack me up. So whatever that looks like for you, whatever your decade is, whatever your genre is, and what makes you laugh doesn't have to be what makes everybody else laugh, but have something in case of emergency for when you really are stressed and grumpy. And finally, your bonus tip, you know, I like to give a bonus tip, is play hooky. No, no, don't really play hooky. Not from work, nope. Uh, But give yourself a break during a time that is normally a productive time. For me, it's Wednesday nights. On Wednesday nights, I normally... um, I have a few loose hours when my son is at youth group. And generally, I try to be productive. So I'm scheduling appointments. I'm opening the mail. I'm maybe, with, formerly, I was editing my book. All these very good citizen, productive things to do. But every once in a while, I'm tired. And I don't feel like doing that. So I sit and eat my takeout and read. And it feels like a vacation. Even though I'm just sitting at Chicken Salad Chick with a romance book that I've been looking at for months... I think for a lot of us, myself included, and I'm definitely recovering with this, too much virtue is bad for the soul. I think we get so hooked on the productivity thing, and there are so many good, important, necessary things that need to be done that we forget to play hooky. So it is totally okay to play hooky sometimes in that regard. So think about a normally productive time where you're just going to give yourself a little bit of a break. Maybe it's a Saturday morning where you normally clean and you sleep in or maybe it is a Sunday night where you studiously get ready for the week ahead and you kick back and get some takeout and watch a movie instead. Think about what that version might look like for you. So to sum up the list, here's some self-improvement that hopefully is enjoyable to do and not punitive. Number one, some version of Fun Friday for you and your students. Number two, silly songs, puppets, whatever makes your classroom fun. Number three, singing game or games at all for each level. And number four, cautiously, a funny enough meme in your team group chat. Uh, Moving on to home, number five, go on dates with your spouse. It's okay if you're one who plans it. It doesn't have to be 50-50. Totally fine. Number six, have a few funny groups or people that you follow in your social media feed instead of an endless stream of doom scrolling and music education news. Seven, are we on seven? Have an in-case-of-emergency movie or two for when you're truly grumpy and need cheered up. And finally, your bonus tip. Give yourself a break, play hooky during a normally productive time. Maybe read and take out instead of doing your chores. I wish you and your family a healthy and blessed 2024 and let me know which one you chose. This week's verses of the day, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Today's Mindset Minute is complaining is draining. Now you know if it has alliteration or it rhymes it has to be true, but this one I think really is true and was many things on this podcast, I am sometimes more guilty than anyone else that I know. But when you think about it, complaining is draining. It is draining to you. It is draining to the person who listens to it. And really, we are so fortunate. We are so very fortunate and so very entitled and spoiled. And I am looking right at me we don't have anything better to do than complain. Oh my goodness. We have, we are well fed to the point that we're fat. We have comfortable beds. We have more square footage than we know what to do with. We have jobs. We are blessed with families and children and music and all those things. And sometimes when we get together, the most imaginative thing we do is complain. Now this is not to put a toxic positivity spin on it it is not to say you can never let anything negative pass your lips Um, it is just to when you start to really get in that groove of you always have that same conversation with the same people with the same negative tone about your life and your situation pause And see if there might possibly be something that's more interesting or more energizing or more uplifting to talk about. And if you don't talk a bit, okay, I get it, I'm there. But as you go into this new year and we're talking about enjoyment and energy and positivity, let's think about complaining is draining and see what you might do to stop it. Today's People Podcasts and Promotion Spotlight shines on an old resource, The Power of Positive Thinking. It's a book by Norman Vincent Peale. This is a classic for a reason, and it has a personal story for me. In fact, it's one of my favorite possessions. When my husband and I were still dating, and I went down to meet his family and visit Louisiana, he gave me a Christmas gift. So our first Christmas gift. And what he gave me was a pair of gold hoops, so real jewelry. And a book, of Power of Positive Thinking. And I'll be honest, I bristled at it at first. I thought, huh, you think I'm negative? You think I need fixing? That wasn't where it was coming from. It was coming from a place of love and knowing that I was rooted in some negativity and it wasn't serving me. So, if you get a chance to check it out, this is a very special resource to me. Take the meat, leave the bones on um, whatever is not lining up with your theology, with your mindset. But if you get a chance, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. If you're a newer podcast listener to Happy Your Music Teacher, welcome. Here are a few things you might be able to do to support the podcast. The first is join the Happier Music Teacher's Facebook group. That group is a source of joy for me, and I post in it daily. The second thing you might consider is leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And the third is purchasing Happier Music Teacher, currently on F-flat Books and soon to come on Amazon. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.